The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K-State athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner. Currently in Manhattan, it is 54, fair skies, north wind 5 miles per hour. Tonight, a low in the mid-20s and a high of 42 on Tuesday. Well, having a little bit of technical difficulties, and as the time got to the end and Travion figured it out, too little too late. But don't worry, we got your weather. We got your weather. Welcome to Wildcat Insider, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about I'm Mitch Fortner with the Voice of the Cats, Hall of Fame broadcaster Wyatt Thompson. Travion Berkland is on the board today, and our number is 537-1350. We're taking your calls for the next two hours is our number. Also hoping uh, in the show we've also had some technical difficulties just with the station, so we're working those bugs, both making comments on uh, the game-winning kick. Down in Arlington, Texas, with the Cats beating TCU in overtime, 31-28 to to win the, the, the team since 2012 well Wyatt, uh there are so many places we could start so many things to talk about just the game in general uh but um had to be a heck of a call i i heard <laughs> i heard your uh your game-winning call which you can we can play it here in uh in just a moment but um i i'm starting just to figure out where to start yeah well um, but you could share some thoughts if you want I, well, to. well i guess where i would start is is that it was a superb football game. It was just one of those games that there was so, so much involved. Close plays, controversial plays, really good football, two good clubs, minimal mistakes. There were a few, but and a, and a back-and-forth game, certainly. I mean, early in the first, you're down 7 nothing, doing nothing, they're threatening, and they're threatening to go up 10 nothing, and they miss the field goal, and that leads to K-State. Kind of a break for them, missing the field goal, and they go right down, and it's 7-7. And then, you know, the muff by Phillip Brooks in the second half, K-State's kind of rolling at that point. You're thinking, uh-oh, here we go, and give TCU a lot of credit. They got the field goal from Kell and a touchdown late to send it to overtime. And then, of course, the obvious is the, the defensive stand. Um and I, I said in a couple of other interviews today that I felt like people will talk about that one probably as often uh, when they talk about K-State football lore as they do the middle screen to Darren Sproles in 03. Uh, I don't think I'm overstating that in any way. That was, that was an amazing thing uh, to cap off or pretty much cap off an incredible, incredible day. For me, it was an emotional roller coaster driving down to Arlington, certainly <laughs> – I, I even said on Power K game day, I felt like this is a game K State can win. Mm-hmm. If you remember the first meeting, you know K State was just dropping like flies with injuries. Uh, Adrian Martinez started the game. Will Howard takes over after the first drive, and Ladanian Tomlinson said, "You know the way the reason he's confident is because they felt like they prepared for one quarterback, wasn't ready for the other one. Now they're ready for the other one." Um, where my nerves sat in. Or, was about, I would say, five minutes to go in the third quarter. Okay. K-State, I think, is at that point up a couple of scores. I think it was 21-10 to 10 at that point. And I think K-State was about to get the ball back, and then there was the muff punt. And at that point, I was like, oh, God, mm-hmm. here we go. Because TCU went and scored pretty quickly. It's a one-score game again. 
And I'm thinking, all right, we're going to have to sit through and grind a very difficult last 20 minutes or so. And I wasn't even counting for overtime. Yeah. Because, I think it's pretty well said, because K-State, remember, that was right after they got the 25-yard touchdown pass to R.J. Garcia. His sixth catch of the season. Yes. His first touchdown as a Wildcat comes in the Big 12 championship game. But that makes it 21-10. K-State then sends their defense out. They get a stop, right? But unfortunately, on the punt receive, you have the muff by Phillip Brooks, and that gave a short field some 30 yards, and TCU scores in just three plays, and now game on again, 21-17. So I agree with you. That was a a really, really, really big uh, turning point in the game uh, to get them back in it because – you know what? If K State has the ball there up twenty-one to ten, and they do anything with it, even if a couple of first downs, I think you really feel <laughs> quite confident, as well as they were playing, that they're going to win the ball game. But once that happened, then ball game back on. Well, and there's no doubt. I mean, I would. I even thought this way heading into overtime. I was like, whoever does not win this game, they're going to be left with a whole bunch of what ifs. Oh, sure. If a couple of things change here, because some you know nobody was by far perfect in this game, but were there some clutch plays? Absolutely. And I, you know, Max Duggan really put TCU on his back. Sure. In that fourth He's quarter, a warrior. And I'm sure the committee watching that, you know, and I would say, you know, for a loss for TCU, probably couldn't have gone better. The way the loss went down, they're still the third seed, and they're going to the uh, the college football playoff. But you know, K State's what ifs would of course been Phillip Brooks, the muff punt, maybe Julius Brintz uh, dropping an interception, they're, they're, Lose, they're, losing Malik Knowles, losing, losing Echo Boydo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> injuries. Yeah, a couple of injuries. We thought the injuries were going to be adding up again. Like, oh no, we're seeing some deja vu in the second quarter and into the third quarter because Echo, the play he got hurt on, he made a great play. That was a one-on-one mm-hmm. down that north sideline towards the Horn Frogs end zone, and he makes a play to break it up. But giving up some big plays. Meanwhile, for TCU, Duggan throws a really bad interception, underthrows a football to the end zone, and Julius Brintz intercepts. Brintz forces a, a fumble on a big play for TCU in the K-State territory. I mean, there's a lot of things you can mention there. But it was K-State that walks away with the victory. Um, now, there's no doubt about it. This is the biggest win in, in program history, at least for some time. You can argue if you, where you want to put it in the ranking. Sure. But it comes down to three big plays in overtime. Because, first of all, shout out to Adrian Martinez going out there and winning that toss and getting the Cats on defense to start. But Kendry Miller gets that first down run. And Max Duggan takes it to the one yard line, mm-hmm. and I I remember thinking to myself, and this is you know typical K State fan not feeling good about the situation. It's like the the play's under review, and I'm like, just just give it to them. They're going to score anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's K State had one tackle for loss, I think, at that point or something like that. And that was on the Felix Andy DK Uzama sack. Maybe they had a couple more than that, but uh, it, it just it, it was hard to make stops to the line of scrimmage. And then the third down play. Run gets stuffed, and Sonny Dykes is completely upset, not getting the review, takes a timeout, which I think was gigantic, uh, that they had to take that timeout, and it, you know they, they never really took it upstairs. It was pretty quick. And then the fourth down play, 
stuffed again. Yeah. And on that on that defensive line, the fourth down play was not close. Eli, no, it was not. Eli Huggins was the was the muscle in that play, but I think down there grabbing some ankles was Manhattan high zone. Damian Eli Leo, who comes into that play for the injured Uso Seamalu, who got hurt on that third down play, he had to be helped off the field. He was on crutches returning to Manhattan, Kansas that day, and K State gets to stop on fourth down. Now I will say, and this rivals the Miami game in 2011. The biggest defensive stop in program history. Yeah, this probably tops it just because of what's on the <laughs> on the line. But but at the end of the day, um, as I said in another interview today, that was kind of the start of the Colin Klein 2012 K State championship run, wasn't it? That, yeah, that win in Miami in '11. So that will always be special in K State lore too. Uh, but this one with with a title on the line, I think, certainly tops it. And I, I think, you know, probably should add here now, just talking about what this team has gone through, overcome, accomplished um, with Coach Kleiman and this group. Uh, it's it's really so special that they have pulled this off, so to speak, uh, because they have overcome a lot. And they knew going in, I think we knew in the preseason that this team had a chance to be in the mix. You don't ever necessarily you know, think, boy, I, I guess maybe some do, but y- you're not thinking, or I'm not at least in September, this team's good enough to win the title. I'm, I'm going kind of more of the, I've been around long enough, that's, let's win those non-con games. <laughs> <laughs> right, you got Mizzou there. Well, Mizzou wasn't too big a deal. Uh, Tulane ended up being a pretty big deal, and then there was a lot of doubt. And then later on, you have Adrian uh, getting hurt uh, after the Oklahoma game, and there was just storyline after storyline after storyline for this team. And that's—I mean, there are a lot of reasons why this season is going to be special. But that's—that's that's indeed part of it, from my perspective. Well, and I—I I had this thought as we were sitting here before the show started, and I was kind of just going through my mind of who K State beat throughout the year. And I mean, maybe some could look at it this way, some wouldn't, just because K State did lose three games this year. But I mean, you could argue this one of the this might be the greatest season in program history, or it could be sure. after beating if you beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. I think you could definitely say it's the best season of program history. Well, the people forget 03. uh, They lost some games early, too, and the reason was L. Roberson was hurt, right? I mean, they lost a really, really hard, tight, tough game early in Stillwater, if you remember. High-scoring game, hard game. Um, But but, uh, they just had so much juice, so to speak, at the end of the year and were clicking on all cylinders. And, you know... In that particular scenario, Oklahoma was such an overwhelming favorite, so many just gave K-State no chance. Even in this one with, with uh, TCU being 12-0 and and run, running through the conference at 9-0, and I think a lot of people thought if K-State plays their best or close to their best today, they can win the game, whether they're K-State fans or not. I, I think that's just how close the league has been this year. You agree with that? Yeah, yeah. in the preseason. I, I remember yeah. talking about it on Powercat Game Day, how we all felt that the Big 12 is wide open. Mm-hmm. At that time, though, we felt like there were probably five contenders with you know K-State, Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Yeah, um, Nobody was counting on TCU to make no. this jump because first-year head coach, they're picked to finish seventh in the Big 12. 
Max Duggan is not even the starting quarterback. He's the backup. Chandler Morris is, was going to be the guy, yeah. and, and he gets hurt in game one. Mm-hmm. Now, where I think where the doubt came in, it wasn't it wasn't the preseason. It was losing to Tulane, mm-hmm. and that because we didn't think Tulane was Cotton Bowl good, not at all. <laughs> And then K State. We loses. weren't even thinking there were five hundred good at that point. Yeah, K State yeah. loses seventeen to ten. Adrian doesn't pitch the ball. We remember that play, <laughs> and we thought at that point, oh God, this may not be good. Adrian needs to let it rip and open it up. And guess what he does? The next game, mm-hmm. we're right back to where we were previous to Tulane, feeling like, all right, this Here team is go. contenders. And it was the guy that you felt like may have lost the game against Tulane. I hate saying that, but then wins the game for you in Norman against Oklahoma, and that was just the first of three wins against top 10 teams this season. Never been done. Mm-hmm. Never been done. Yeah. I don't even take the Iowa State win for granted. I mean, you, you don't, going up there is hard. You know, we've, It's been a tough place to play, uh, even with some of K-State's absolute best teams, and you win up there by one. And they weren't very good when this season played out offensively, but they were defensively. But K-State found a way there and then kind of got it rolling again. Then TCU happens and Adrian goes down. And and I think there is, you know, when Will came into the game and you've got forced straight touchdown drives, even when he got dinged up and they lost, you're thinking, this kid's starting to – there's something there maybe. Maybe. We, we didn't know for certain, right? But then once he started rolling again, it, uh, it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good run. And – I mentioned in our pregame on Saturday in those those five games, last five games in which he played, think about this now, K-State averaged over 40 points a game. 40, yeah. not 30, 40. With Will Howard at quarterback, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Now, I speaking of Will Howard, uh, we're going to hear from him in the next segment, but before we take our break, I, I promised I would play this. Why, do you mind? Uh, it's your call. No, no, uh, go, okay. go right ahead. I- if it was the other way, I'd be like, ah, let, let me turn off my headphones. I don't like listening to myself. But here was – and I did a little edit on this. Sorry, okay. Stan, I did cut you out of this because I wanted to get your clip, what you said right before going to break. I thought it was amazing. Uh, here is uh, Wyatt's call of the game-winning kick in the uh, second half of the overtime by Ty Zittner, a 31-yarder. So 31 yards for Kansas State as they look for a 10th win. We await the snap from Randon Plattner out of the hold of Jack Bloomer. Good snap and placement. Kick on the way. It is up. And good! It's good! The Wildcats are champions of the Big 12 in 2022! All right, maybe I didn't put in that extra thing you said at the end, uh, but you said something about go crazy. Yeah. Or yeah. KC fans go crazy. Mm-hmm. You won the Big 12. It was a, a great call, Wyatt. I appreciate that, buddy. So, and, uh, yeah. It's a thrilling moment, man. You know, you just when, when those things happen like that, it's just of the emotion of that game and what was on the line. I, you know, we get back to town, and those players walk out there at halftime, and the electricity in the building, I'll also never forget that. That oh. was electric. Incredible. It, well, heck, I, I went down on the field before the game started. Um, you know, I was, I was probably hanging out down there for about an hour and a half. Uh, just kind of <laughs> taking it all in, and hey, cats are here, Big Twelve Championship, but they're going to give you field access. I'm going to, I'm going to abuse it. Uh, but um, it, it got loud just with the band and the fans that were, you know, it wasn't even half full at the time. I was like, dang, it is loud down here. Uh, man, did K State bring? As a matter of fact, let me let me pull up the clip here. Coach Kleiman was very happy about the K State participation, K State fans' participation in the game. 
K-State Nation came today. That crowd was electric. It was an unbelievable atmosphere, and when we were on, on defense, that crowd was phenomenal and can't thank uh, our fan base enough for coming down here in droves and cheering on these guys because uh, we were playing for them as much as we're for each other. Over 69,000 fans were in attendance. That was the largest attendance for the Big 12 championship game since 2018. That game was between Texas and Oklahoma um, and it was all purple and while I was up in the press box when a team would make a big play I was trying to notice like all right Who's going crazy right now? Who's standing still? And I was trying to figure out, all right, who has more people here? Is it K-State or TCU? I noticed there was a decent amount of TCU fans sitting on K-State side, and there was a an okay amount of K-State fans sitting on TCU side. I felt like TCU maybe had a slight advantage in the in the uh, in the capacity there. I'm sure they did, but but as I say always, no matter. Let's say it was. 45 to 20,000, okay? Those K-State 20,000 were absolutely as loud as, as the 45 oh, yeah. for TCU. And I, I don't know that those are the exact numbers, but K-Staters always amaze me when it comes to things like that. They, I mean, the student turnout, uh, by the way, the band at halftime, it was a one-horse race. K-State won that one, yeah. too. Way to go, Frank Trace. As they always do. Yeah. So, spectacular day. I knew when TCU got the ball back down twenty-eight to twenty after K-State put. I knew to, I knew this was going to be the loudest moment of the game for the crowd, um, and maybe what maybe rivaled that was when TCU was trying to make no, noise during Ty Zintner's uh, field goal. But uh, which, by the way, I mean, talk, talk about the most calm, cool, and collected guy in the building. Yeah. At that point, when uh, remember I talked about all those storylines. Yeah. There's another one. Yeah. There's another one, and I had a guy. A, a dear friend say to me, and he happens to be on the TCU broadcast crew, he said to me today, I didn't realize from the first meeting how good Daniel Green was because he oh, remember now God. he didn't play very much. The dude can really ball. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. He, he left in that first quarter. Oh, yeah. Against TCU. And Brent's left early yeah. and kind of – it was just a different time. And we said – I think you probably said this on, on uh, PowerCat Game Day too – Going into Saturday, both of those teams were better than when they met earlier. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, we got two hours, guys. We got two <laughs> hours to talk about K State winning the Big 12 championship, their first since 2012. Man, I was there. What, it, what an emotional event that was. I, I didn't want to be in the press box. I didn't, I, I didn't feel right <laughs> being there because there were some TCU ding dongs, they call themselves media, reacting, cheering. And I was like, I like K-State. Can I cheer a little bit? Especially maybe on that game-winning field goal? Nope. Kept it professional. All right, when we come back, let's hear from the quarterback of the Cats, Will Howard, after the break. Thanks, Troy, for that Game Sports update. Like he mentioned, the Cats are going to the Sugar Bowl for the first time ever to face the Alabama Crimson Tide on New Year's Eve. That's going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we, of course, you know, that game gets closer and closer, we're going to be watching the transfer portal to see who opts out of the out of the bowl game. 
Uh, as of right now, three cats have entered the transfer portal because it opened up today. Jaron Lewis, backup quarterback, is in the portal um, from the secondary T.J. Smith and then tight end Connor Fox, who really hasn't played the last half of the season. Uh, he is also into the transfer portal. When it comes to Alabama, uh, there's a wide receiver that hasn't played uh, at all. Uh, but the other one is notable, and that is their starting left guard, Javion Cohen, who is a junior. He has entered the transfer portal, and he's been a starter every day since his freshman year. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a pretty dang good lineman that will not be playing. Well, and you, you also understand, too, that there is a lot of speculation about Bryce Young, their quarterback, who's – just a terrific talent, and then probably the the big guy on the defensive side is Will Anderson, their Jack linebacker, who's <laughs> I don't know where he he would project out right now, but uh, let's just say he's going to be a big time pro. Uh, will he or will he not? Both of those guys. That's that's the million dollar plus question, I guess. And I know Will Anderson. I I voted for him to win the Heisman Trophy last year. I thought he was the best player in college football, and I remember like. I think it was Fowler that said on the uh, broadcast during the Heisman Trophy, it's like, you know, Will Anderson got so many votes, he probably should have been voted for, uh, 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 invited to come to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Well, his teammate Bryce Young ends up winning it. I also voted for him in my top three, which, by the way, uh, Heisman Trophy voters, if you're listening, I believe your vote is due today, so better get those in. I made my vote last night. Not allowed to tell you what it is until next week, but um, – yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are two worthy Heisman Trophy players on that Alabama team, but I'm sure that's you know just about every year. But Will Anderson has had a year that wasn't as great as it was the year before, just like you know Felix Andy DK Uzama. Well, that's because the previous year was so dang good. Teams have to do what they can to stop him. Let's go ahead and get to the phone lines before we hear from Will Howard. 537-1350 is our number. Wants to talk about that game experience. It's Rob from Manhattan. What's up, Rob? Uh oh, we're having okay. Go ahead. It looks like we're having some phone issues here. Okay, I think it worked itself out. Go ahead, Rob. Oh, do we lose him? Sometimes. Uh, well, let's see, if, Rob. If try calling back, we we had some phone issues there for a second. Uh, but anyway, um, lost my train of thought. We're going to try to get Rob back here. He wanted to talk about the game experience at the Big Twelve Championship game as a fan. But uh, and then and Bryce Young, who won the Heisman Trophy last year, um, both he and Will Anderson, like you mentioned, high potentially high draft picks uh, in Kansas City coming up this April. So uh, yeah, those could be two big opt outs that will come maybe later on. But uh, I don't. K State has a couple of their own that could potentially leave leave early, leave early in Felix, Andy, DK, Uzama, and Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really who who knows how it's going to play out, but. Um... One of the guys in our athletic media relations office uh, sent this to me oh, less than a half an hour ago. It said, there are already 667 football players in the portal, including 62 quarterbacks. This is day one. Jeez. So, Makes sense. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's where we're at these days. It's, the, it's as many have called it the Wild West of college football as soon as that transfer portal opens. Yeah. All right, let's see if we got Rob back. Rob, what's up? Hey, guys, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on. I got to go, I'm, me and my wife, Mary, we got to go down to experience just the most incredible, incredible environment. I mean, we got to see the team get off the bus at the Westin Hotel, got to go to the game, 
I mean, it's just something that we can basically check off our bucket list now that we were able to go to, I mean, just a happy, happy outcome. It was just unbelievable. Just, I'm just so proud of our Wildcats that they withstood everything and anything, and they, they made us proud. So, yeah, it was just an incredible experience for us. Rob, did you do the, uh, the Texas Live thing after the game? No, we didn't make it a week. Actually, we had to be somewhere after the game was over. We were headed back home. We had a, uh, I had a grandson that was turning five years old and I had to get to a birthday party. So <laughs> That's a big deal, right? But, That's huge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, ab- absolutely. But I tell you what, uh, just being in the environment and just being around other fellow K-Staters and finding out where they, where they were from and how they, tra- I mean, we, we live in Manhattan. We live in Manhattanness. I mean, been a long time Manhattanite for forever and ever. And just to drive down there and pass people on I thirty five, and everybody's giving the power cat mm-hmm. power sign. It just, it was just way too cool. I mean, it just made you. And then to set with every everybody else, it was just. I mean, it's just. I just wish everybody could be able to experience it sometime in their lifetime. It was just, it was just that neat. Well, so. I, uh, let me just jump in and say how much I appreciate your your call and your thoughts. And, and the one thing that I wanted to mention too is that that you mentioned the the turnout there at the Westin as, as the buses, and there were six buses on this trip. Uh, and and the turnout there and the enthusiasm by you know parents and fans and everybody. Uh, boy, that meant a lot to the players. I could, I could just tell. So I uh, salute you for doing that. Well, Wyatt, I actually met you in the hotel lobby, and you told me that we're going to have to play our A game. And sure enough, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we well, we had some hiccups, but you know sure. what? That's you make your breaks, and we withstood a couple of the breaks that didn't go our way. And I, I tell you what, that's what makes for folklore. I mean, where you're able to tell yourself. Holy, holy smokes! We can we can talk about this forever. I mean, the goal line stand. I mean, the one in Miami is is comparable to when, when we played in Miami. It's comparable to this one. I yeah. mean, but I think this one, this one is, and they got the call right. I believe they got the call right on the. But I I gotta share with you. We're we're at the fifty yard line. I'm in the, up in the upper deck, and we looked out, and when Ty Zintner came out onto the field. And they showed his face, and he had the biggest smile on his face. It looked like the cat that had swallowed the canary. I mean, he just, and I'm like going, this is, dude, this is the biggest kick in your life. And he get, he goes out there, and sure enough, he puts it, I mean, it was like, nothing to worry about. I got this. So, oh, yeah. just, just unbelievable. I told him in the tunnel after the, bat or during the basketball game the other night when they appeared, that I've been here a long, long time, and I've seen a lot of incredible performances. But his second half of this season, in what he has done, has been extraordinary. And um, I, I will tell you this: I, I, I saw that that smile too as he on the jumbotron as he walked out there, and I'm I'm going, I'm hoping that's a good sign. <laughs> and as it turned out, I guess it was a great sign. <laughs> well, and a lot of people don't realize that when a field goal. It, it, you can't take it for granted because the snap, the hold, yeah. turning of the laces, and 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 then kicking it and having that all 
it's not just, I mean, you got the long snapper, you got the holder. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more, a lot more intangibles there than just kicking the ball. So, no doubt. Hats, I, I, I just, I got to say once again, hats off to our, our Wildcat football team, Coach Kleiman. I mean, just unbelievable. Just a great, it's been a, it's, it's a great year. And now we get to go cap it off and we're going to, we are going to roll the tide. How's that sound? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Rob, that's a great way to wrap it up. Great call. Thank you so much. Right. Appreciate it, partner. All that's right. R- Take care, guys. Thank Thanks. you. Bye-bye. That's that's Rob from Manhattan. Great call. Um, I'll, I'll leave it at now we get a chance to roll the tide. I, I think it's a great way to leave off there because I want to go to Will Howard now, who spoke to the media after the game. He had some words. We'll get to that question here in just a second, but he had some words for uh, for Ty Zittner as he entered the game. But here was uh, Will Howard after the game. Any doubt that Ty was going to hit that ball? Absolutely not. I, uh, I'm running off the field, and I go, and I, and I give him a high five as he's running off, and I say, let's go win a championship. And he's got a smile on his face the whole time. Man, I, I couldn't look just being on the sideline, but I knew. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind he was making that kick. Sum up the feeling when the game goes into overtime. You know, we knew it was going to be a fight, and, you know, we felt like, you know, we had we had some punches. They took some punches, too, and, uh but at the end of the day, uh, you know, we knew we were built for it, and we knew what we had, and, and defense came up huge with that with that stop. You know, they started kind of driving it a little bit. You know, we knew we were going to go for the win, you know, no matter what. But, uh, man, that was a huge stop and, and just allowed us to kind of be a little more free with our play calling. And then, you know, we got, we got Legatron back there, so it makes it, makes it pretty easy on us. Could you watch the, the, the goal line stand, or were you too nervous? I could that? watch that. I watched that. I watched that, but the, the kick, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't look. I couldn't look. I'm just, man, that was, that was awesome, though. That Will, was awesome. How, how remarkable was that goal line stand from your vantage point? Huge. It, 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 it won us the game. That won us the game right there. I mean, obviously, Ty's kick won us the game, but, um, man, that, that, that was the difference right there. And, and you know, I, I got full full confidence in our defense and man they made some really big plays today and again you know came up huge when it really when it really mattered so I I got to give all the credit to those guys man they, they stepped up. Well what do you think was the turning point for this this team this whole season where do you think it happened? You know I, I don't know I don't know if there was a, a single moment when you know there was a turning point I think you know this team's been special since the moment we kind of came together um, and we've, we've got some really special guys uh, top to bottom, you know, just just in the whole locker room, even the guys that aren't dressed, man. Every everybody had a part in this, and uh, you know, just to seeing seeing how we rebounded from some of the losses that we had this year. You know, I think after every loss, we came out with a huge huge win, um, and, and we we just we're a resilient team, you know, and we knew that there was not it wasn't going to be perfect. We knew we were going to face some some uh, some drawbacks and, and whatnot, but and we knew tonight was going to be a, or today was going to be a fight, but. Uh, man, it it's just, just shows the, the true character of this team and, and how, how many good character people we have in this organization. Second half, the last time where you didn't score, you guys took it down and got touched on early. How big was that for maybe for your confidence? It was huge. It was huge because, you know, they come out, uh, they defer. You know, we obviously, we like taking the ball first, but uh, they defer and, and, you know, they end up getting the ball at the, end first of the, at the beginning of the second half and being able to come out and get a stop on them and then driving down and getting the touchdown that was huge huge for our momentum and for our confidence just overall as a team in the second in the second half and that kicked us off to a really good start what, what, what does this mean it means everything you know i just keep saying i have no words you know there, there's it's it doesn't feel real you know it's 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 just so cool because you know it's 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 been our goal since we got on campus since i got on campus since uh you know we started in january this year and 
man, it's just so cool to be able to see that kind of come into a fruition. And uh, I, I got no words. It's just all the emotions right now. It's super cool. Well, is, it, is it wild to think about kind of where you guys finished this thing in, in 2020 and then where you're at now? Absolutely. Uh, just to be able to go through that, um, I think, kind of helped a ton. You know, I think having some of those struggles that we had and, and being able to work through that and, and, you know, learn from some of those things that happened just myself personally and as a team, uh, you know, we, we've kind of been through it, you know, as a, as a group and um, to kind of see it kind of do a 180 and, and come out on the, on the other side of this thing, uh, it's just so cool and it's such a blessing, you know, to be able to be a, be a big part of this group and, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just so blessed. Where, where was your confidence? To uh, RJ Garcia. That was huge. Uh, I was so glad I got to, you know, get, got to get my guy RJ one finally. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy who's done a lot of really good things here and, um, you know, <clears throat> he's, he's just continued to get better. And I, I love RJ, and I'm so glad he got his moment. And, you know, he really stepped up because, you know, Malik gets banged up and he has to come in. And, man, he made a heck of a, heck of a catch. It wasn't, wasn't a perfect throw, you know. He had to kind of go upstairs and, and get that thing. And, man, he really did. And that was huge. That was huge for our momentum. What, what did you take from – you personally take from the first TCU game to kind of give you some confidence today? We knew that it was going to be a fight. You know, we knew that, that they were never going to go away. And we were up a little bit in the third quarter there, and, and we knew that – um, you know, it wasn't going to be over because, you know, Max and that whole squad, they're a bunch of darn good football players. And, and you know, that's why they're undefeated, ranked number three in the country. And, um, you know, it's just it, it's just so cool uh, to be able to, you know, get a second chance at those guys. Uh, because I, I, walking off the field when we played them the first time, I said, man, we're going to get we're going to get a chance at these guys again. And you know, we did. Um, and, you know, we knew uh, it's hard to beat a team twice. So. Um, we came out and, and we knew we knew from the start that you know this was our game and we were going to win it. Max was really beat up at the end of that game. How were you? Were you? Did you take some hits today? Or are you okay? I, I took a couple and nothing, nothing crazy. Not but yeah, he was he was toting that thing, so he was a little he was a little uh, little beat up. But man, I'm nothing but respect for him and for all those guys. Uh, they're a great football team. I hope you know whatever they whatever ends up happening. You know they they do great and represent the Big Twelve well. But uh, you know it was a huge quality win to be able to take down that team because they they've had a really good year. Now go back to that last question with uh, with Will Howard with the media on Saturday after the game in a warm room, you know, just anyway. Um, the question was brought up, you, you know, Max Duggan took some shots. How are you doing? He's like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Took a couple of hits. No big deal. Max Duggan took some shots. I, I yes. would say that that was one of the best games this year without maybe not registering a lot of sacks, just the one I believe, but um, but actually, getting to the quarterback, quarterback hurries, and and just you know getting hits in there without getting any flags, man. K State punished Max Duggan. He was not feeling good after that game. I mean, and he had to dig deep. I I I think Max Duggan is one of the best players in the country this year. But he, I'm sure he's sore, really sore. He'd, right to, now. he'd be superhuman to not be somewhat sore after that because you're right. He took some pummeling. Um, it reminded me a little bit of the game that K-State played when he was the quarterback at TCU, and I guess that would have been 20. I mean, he took one to the ribs that day where I'm surprised he got up at all. Um, he is a really, really tough dude, and you could tell by his emotion after the game what it meant to him. And I, <laughs> there were a lot of guys out there that that game was important to him. Um, but he he there's no doubt about that but he did a pretty good job of putting on display 
with not only his athletic ability and playmaking playmaking ability and those facial expressions, uh, he left it all out there, man. You got to respect that. My favorite thing about post game talking to the players and talking to Coach Kleiman was Felix Andy DK Uzama, um, who had his. I think he had his most quarterback crushing sack mm-hmm. in the game against TCU where he gets off that edge and he's just full blow, just just drives, just spears. Max Duggan into that turf at AT&T Stadium. But when he sat down to talk to the media, he had a towel on. Not, not a towel on like Jets always wearing. He had, he had a towel like hanging out of his pants like a player does. It was Max Duggan's towel. He took it after he sacked him. Is that right? Wow, I did not know that. And Nick Lecky, he made a comment on Twitter about how, like, now that, that is, uh, what, what do you call it? it? Like, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. or what, what he called it, but, like, like that's quite the souvenir or something mm-hmm. like that. I was yeah. like, yeah, absolutely it is. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll finish the hour. We'll look at the bowl games featuring other Big 12 teams. We got eight teams bowling. Where are they going? We'll go over the list next. And I thought that our the guy standing there, our guy was in bounds on the field of play, but they ruled it a touchback, and I thought they said because the ball had broken the plane. Is, is that the rule? That was my understanding of it, yeah, uh, and I think that was indeed the ruling, that it did break the plane. It's a little bit different um, uh, than the NFL rule. I mean, you can actually be in the air and be like three or four yards into the end zone and throw it back. Mm-hmm. You, you can't do that in college. If it breaks the plane, the, the play's over. That was my question. So yeah. it is a different rule than NFL. Yes, sir. Uh huh. Okay, very good. Thank you. You betcha. Thanks, Paul. All right. So the Big Twelve has eight teams going to bowl games. Uh, boy, I tell you what. Maybe a big storyline from Sunday was that uh, word got out that Mizzou didn't want to play KU in the Liberty Bowl, <laughs> and boy, did Mizzou hear about it. So much so that they put like a little statement out on Twitter saying, and then Elijah Drinkwitz earlier today during a press conference, I think it was like a Zoom thing, it was, you know, kind of throwing shade at Kansas because he was like, you know, you know, for some that maybe haven't been to a bowl game in 12 to 15 years, the bowl selection process has changed. Um, and he also said something about like, I think the SEC does the bowl selection different than other, which, uh, which is true. They do do that. Okay. They place their teams. Yeah. Not sure why it is that way, but it's still not a good look. No, it's not. and I don't even know where Missouri's going. I, I didn't even pay attention. But uh, all right, so let's go in order of uh, of date. So let's go in chronological order. Baylor and Air Force will play the first uh, bowl game featuring a Big Twelve team, six thirty ESPN on December twenty second. The Armed Forces Bowl against Air Force as Baylor finished the year six and six, and Baylor's open as a six point favorite in that one. Two teams that love to run the football there. That could be an interesting ball game. Uh, Tuesday, December 27th, is going to be Oklahoma State and Wisconsin. Now, the big news about that in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl is that Spencer Sanders has entered the transfer portal. He's no longer an Oklahoma State Cowboy. He will go somewhere else for the rest of his uh, his one year of eligibility remaining. I am so surprised by that, aren't you? Or are you? Are you not? I was surprised he's still had eligibility remaining. <laughs> it does seem like he's been there a long, long time. I saw a tweet from Chad Weiberg, who used to to be at Kansas State Athletics and now is the athletic director at Oklahoma State, and he said, first time ever OSU and Wisconsin have played. They're looking forward to that. I was thinking Spencer would play and that that could be a pretty darn good game, but you realize Wisconsin's quarterback, the kid from Bishop Meage, is in the portal too. Oh, did he? Yeah. I didn't see that. Merch, yeah. 
Uh, so two games on Wednesday, December 28th. The first one at 4.30 ESPN is the AutoZone Liberty Bowl and the Kansas Jayhawks back in a bowl game for the first time in like, uh, like Eli Drinkwood said, 12 to 15 years. Uh, Kansas and Arkansas, both teams are six and six. I was surprised Arkansas was only six and six. I thought they were a little bit better than that. Well, they started out really, really well, but it and and cooled off certainly. But um, yeah, th- this this could be an interesting matchup for Kansas. I think Arkansas is a pretty big, strong, physical team, but but KU has some advantages too with their quickness and speed. We'll see. Well, I would say I just by what I know about. Arkansas and, and Missouri, I would think Arkansas would be a bigger challenge than Missouri, but Mizzou j- did just beat uh, Arkansas by a couple of points. 8 o'clock ESPN on that December 28th, Wednesday, the Texas Bowl will be Texas Tech at Ole Miss. I think the Red Raiders were expecting to go to Orlando, but they got passed up, and it's going to be the Sooners instead. So Tech will have to settle with Ole Miss in their home state. Yeah. In my personal opinion, I think Tech has a real good argument there. I believe they're better than Oklahoma. Yeah. I just do. This year. Um, sucks for them. I'm just being honest. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They should be in in the uh, in the Cheez-It Bowl, but instead it's going to be Oklahoma, who is 6-6. Six and six. Texas Tech 7-5, by the way. But they'll face number 13, Florida State, in the Cheez-It Bowl on the 29th. Texas will play Washington that day. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Saturday, New Year's Eve, K-State will play the first game of the day in a triple header on ESPN for the Sugar Bowl against number 5 Alabama. And then TCU, they do not budge. They re- The committee keeps them at number 3, and they draw number 2 Michigan in They'll the have a Fiesta shot. Bowl. Yeah. They'll have a shot. I, absolutely. Yeah. All right, that's Hour 1 of Wildcat Insider. When we come back for Hour 2, we will absolutely take your calls. If you feel like calling in to talk about the Big 12 championship game and victory for the Cats, 537-1350 is the number. Hour 2 next.